Thank you for joining us. Here at BLC, our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Man, good to see you guys today. This video, as I was putting my talk together, um, this thought began to just roll around in my spirit. And, and as I was looking at this clip, thinking of our title, this statement came to mind, and then this question. How many of you can remember when he called you to follow him? Huh? Just a couple of you? Okay. Well, the rest of you, I need you to think back for a second. I know that for some of you, maybe you've been raised in church your whole life and you don't remember this specific day. Well, that is awesome for you, but most of us have had an experience like Matthew. And I love when I reflect back on that time because I can remember when Tracy and I, you know, you know our testimony. She, was, uh, she wasn't interested in Jesus, neither was I, but the Lord had a plan. You know it? And he actually set a trap for me. <laughs> Which, uh, you know, God, how many of you think God knows what he's doing? Yes. So, so you have to be willing to follow him. And, and so I begin to think about it. And then the next question that came to mind is this. How many of you can remember when he asked you to do something specific for him? Yeah. Huh? You know, like he was calling Matthew. To do something. He had a plan for Matthew. Matthew had no idea. He just felt that pull just like many of us have when he came to us. But here's the next question that really got me. For the, for the disciple, how many of you have been just like Peter was in the video? When somebody that the Lord tapped them on the shoulder and you're, you're like, you're going to use them? You see, I can relate all too well to that because I was one of those that was like, are you for real, God? You want me? See, this is the thing. When you begin to take steps of faith, just like with Matthew, just like with every disciple of Jesus, the thing I want you to understand is there will be sacrifice. Huh? There is a price for following Jesus for staying with him, for trusting him. I, I, I know that it may seem easy, especially in the casual church that America has created today. The casual Christian life has become one that is almost an afterthought. I'll fit Jesus in if I can. But I'm here to remind you this morning that God has a plan for every one of you. And you may not even be on the same page with us as a church with what he's asking you to do. You may not have a clue what he is going to ask of you yet. But should you be humble enough to follow, should you be willing to give up? You know, if you go study history, Matthew was a... Um, well, he was an organized crime boss, is what he was. I know America today, we don't really understand what was going on in that time in history. But a tax collector, they were very corrupt. They were uh, pretty much, uh, they are the picture of today's political landscape in our nation. I know, just keep looking this way. 
But there is going to come a time in your journey of faith that you're going to have to look inward for a minute and answer the call. Now, for those of you watching or listening to this at a later date, we just showed a clip from the uh, Chosen where Jesus called Matthew. Some of you, you're listening to this, you're like, what, what are you talking about? What video? So that's what happened, just in case you're wondering. We, you don't wanna, we don't want to leave you all out on this. Let me ask you this. This is one that really got me. Andy, think about this. If you were God, now I'm not saying Andy's God, but <laughs> would you pick you? <laughs> right? I'm like, there's no. but the Lord looks past the outward appearance. Amen. And he, the, the prophet Samuel lets us know that he sees the heart of a person. And see, you may be listening this morning and you have never taken any steps. You've, you've, you've given your life to Jesus, but you've never went that next step and been willing to sacrifice anything for him. And I believe today that some of you, he's going to tap you on the shoulder. And he's going to ask you to uh, get used to different. Be willing to do something different. You see, as we continue to grow as part of the body, I want you to understand something today. One of the things that I've learned in my journey is this. Change is something that will always be part of the landscape of who we are. Now, I don't necessarily mean change in the scope of God's word. God never changes. His word is forever settled. But as we get another layer of revelation of who we are in him, we change. How many of you have changed since you started following Jesus? Yeah, a couple of you? All right. Yeah. What I've learned is this. The more flexible that we are, if we can stay flexible in our journey of faith, it keeps us from getting bent out of shape. If you're flexible, yeah, God can use you in whatever direction. And as I was thinking about the talk, that's really, this is the thing that kind of inspired this whole thing. I believe God wants every one of us in our journey of faith to get used to different, to be willing to do things different. I want to show you an example today of this. And I need to set this up because out of the book of Daniel, now, Daniel is one of my favorite Old Testament books. Daniel is a picture of the church. Of course, they're all through the Old Testament. But Daniel is one of my favorites. Because the thing that you understand when you, when you get into Daniel is that he has been forced out of his nation. Because his grandparents and his parents, they screwed everything up. They were rebellious stiff-necked, hard-headed, refused to follow God, refused to take steps of faith, and they positioned their nation where God's hand was no longer on them and the enemy had invaded Israel, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon. And so often when you look at Daniel, especially in the world that we live in today, I see so many similarities taking place. There is a one-world government in motion right now that's setting the stage for the Antichrist. And you should understand that it is taking place in our nation right now with the clown show that's running it. I know, oh, yeah, no, but I like it. Well, you should reevaluate. <laughs> but Daniel has been taken out of his homeland 
And he has been selected by this demon-influenced emperor. And they're going to reprogram them to be servants in their kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar has no idea that God's moving. You see, even though God had removed his hand because of a rebellious generation, he saw the heart of Daniel, and Daniel was the first one to be positioned that God was going to use to redirect for the children of Israel to go back into their land. Remember, we, just, we did that series, Gatekeepers with Haggai? Daniel is the key to this. Because he could have said no. But he's in this situation. I believe some of you could relate to this today. You're in situations in your life right now. And it seems challenging on the surface. And you're uncomfortable in that situation. And you're looking for all these ways. You're looking for all kind of ways out. Lord, deliver me. Help me. Do something with me. Just maybe God's working something out, not only in you, but in those around you because you're where you're at right now. Quit trying to make something happen. Daniel couldn't make anything happen. He was stuck where he was. And so he began to recognize that. Of course, you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar, God puts this dream in Nebuchadnezzar about what's going to happen with his kingdom and kingdoms after him. And, of course, he's so narcissistic and demon-possessed that he says, you know what? Because he went, his political team of that day, they were all a bunch of fortune-telling psycho soothsayers and stuff. And he went to them and said, I need an interpretation of the dream." And he had had enough of them because he knew they were full of it. And he said, I'll tell you what. If you don't give me the interpretation, and they kept saying, well, tell us what the dream was so we can make up an interpretation. He said, I'm not telling you either. You give me both of it. You either, now, now listen carefully. What if we had a leader like this today? You either give me what the dream was and the interpretation, or I'm killing you and your family. <laughs> huh? And Daniel hears of it because there, he, even though Daniel is on the God side of this, he still falls into that political landscape. And Daniel tells his, uh, the, the, the person that's uh, one of the king's servants that's in charge of Daniel and his crew, he says, tell the king, give me a day. So the next day he goes back to the king. He says, I got your answer. And go, go read the story in Daniel in the beginning. It's pretty cool. And he says, you got, you got all of it? I said, he said, yeah, I got it all. He said, I don't have it. He said, there's a God in heaven that reveals things. And he right. has given me what you, what you dreamed on your pillow, and he's given me the answer. And he tells him everything that's going to happen. Now listen to Daniel's heart. I, I want to use the message paraphrase here because I want you to see what's happening. Daniel is in a place where he doesn't want to be. He's been forced out. Now, Daniel was... He, you understand, they picked Daniel and the three Hebrew boys because they were of the elite class in the Israeli community. Their parents were wealthy, established. They were probably some type of noble or something in the community. And that's why they picked them. But I want you to hear Daniel's heart. Listen out of the message paraphrase. Daniel 2 verse 20. Blessed be the name of God forever. He knows all and does all. He changes seasons and he guides history. He raises up kings and brings them down. He provides the intelligence and the discernment and he opens up the depths and he tells the secrets. He sees in the dark and his light sp spills out of him. Amen. God of all my ancestors, all thanks and praise to you because you made me wise and strong. 
And now you have shown me what we ask. See, this was Daniel's prayer. God, I don't want to die. Hmm? See, sometimes you have to be willing to trust God's plan. Come on, y'all. We, we, we don't like that in, in today's modern church. Trust God's plan. Well, then let me know what it is. Matter of fact, let me see the future of it. He's not going to let most of you see the future of it because if he did, you wouldn't do You would quit. I can tell you I would have. You all remember my testimony. I told God repeatedly, I'm in Bible college telling God I will never be a pastor. How dumb is that? <laughs> like, what are you doing there? But if he'd showed me all of this and some of the things that I would have to go through and the trials and all, I'm like, no. No, you keep that, God. I can get a job. See, you want to talk about getting used to different. Daniel and his friends, and I love their attitude. See, they were flexible. They stayed in faith. They, they chose not to compromise when things came against their faith, when things were a little uncomfortable. I can't tell you the number of times I've went home and told Tracy, I'm quitting. <laughs> and she just sits there and looks at me like, mm-hmm. Because you know you don't, you're not, she knew I would not quit God, but in frustration and, and, you know, sometimes you can vent to your wife like, babe, I've had it with this mess. I'm done with all them people. With all the stuff, I'm out. Yeah. I love their commitment. You think about the three Hebrew boys. Their attitude was this. You know what, King? Whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. But I can tell you this, whatever it is, we ain't bowing. Amen. So why don't you get busy? And he had a parade for them. Some of y'all, really? No, they got thrown, y'all know the story, right? They got thrown in the fire. <laughs> See, sometimes when you choose to stand when it's uncomfortable, when you choose to rejoice, when you choose to praise God anyway, because seasons, listen, see, this is something Tracy reminds me of all the time, seasons come and go. But those of us that stay strong and trust God and you learn how to enjoy the journey, I want to show you two passages today that's going to help you. The first one is in Matthew chapter 7. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. We are quoting from the book of Matthew, the guy that Jesus said, come follow. Now, do you think he knew he was going to be writing in the holy canon of Scripture? No. Matter of fact, all the, ones that were, all the other disciples, they still hated him. They didn't want him in the group. But Jesus makes this statement in Matthew chapter 7, verse 14. Narrow. Say narrow. narrow. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm pretty sure he's talking to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> narrow is the gate and difficult. Neither one of those words are, are comfortable in today's society, are they? Narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Now, here's what I want you to get out of this. 
Because when, now, now I know a lot of people teach that this passage is, is dealing with entering into heaven. There is a truth there. But you all understand that Jesus is the smartest one in the room on the planet. And there are layers of revelation that will come out of, a, out of one statement that he makes. Yeah? And yes, that is true that the way of Christ is narrow. To, but but he's, there's something much deeper here. And that's the way of walking at a higher level with God. That's narrow. A lot of people get enough of a revelation to get saved and escape hell. But you hear me say this all the time. There is a major difference between Savior and Lord. And this is Lord. The, the road to Lord of your life is narrow. And there will be times in the natural that it will be difficult. That was Daniel's situation in his prayer. He said, blessed be the name of God forever. Regardless of what my situation looks like. You understand, he probably didn't have a real comfortable, you know, Tempur-Pedic to sleep on. Blessed be the name of God. Father, thank you that you always have me. You protect me. Your favor surrounds me. The favor was working on Daniel before he got there. It was going before him, making a way. But that way wasn't easy street. It was narrow and difficult. See, guys, I want you to understand something. Understand something. Our Father, he is a good God, and you need to realize his spirit lives in us. He wants better for you more than you want better for you. We, we just don't realize that sometimes. And I am telling you that he has, for every one of you, high expectations for you. He has great plans for you. And I know, I, I, I remember uh, I had a conversation, this has been a while back, with a person that's much older than me. And they're like, sometimes when you talk about God has plans for you, I really don't think that fits me because I'm, I'm older. It's not like I'm going to start another career. And I get that. Maybe you're in a place in your journey of faith, you're not going to start a new career. Maybe that's not what God's asking you to do. Maybe God's asking you to start working on yourself at a higher level for the one he's going to send you to mentor. Would God ask you to spend some years of your life to change one person's life? 100% he would. See, you have to stop looking at yourself. The road is narrow. It is difficult in the natural when we face these things, but praise God, we're not just in the natural. Now listen to this statement from Jesus. Out of the same book of Matthew in chapter 11, he, remember the first one he says, narrow is the gate and difficult is the way. And then he says this in chapter 11. Gravy, check this out. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, which is it, Lord? Is it light and easy or narrow and difficult? Huh? See, without, without revelation, they contradict each other, don't they? But as you begin to realize who you are as children of God, and you begin to, just like Daniel, I can, I can, I can remember just thinking about Daniel when he pillowed his head in the lion's den. He trusted. Amen. He, we're, we're not there yet, you all. I'm not there. But getting to this place when everything doesn't seem to go right, when people are criticizing you on social media, 
They don't like you. See, when you do what I do, the difference between you and me is I do it in front of everybody. And so people leave the church and they talk about you because it's definitely not their fault. It's got to be, huh? And so you, you get all those things. And, it's, and I'm sure Daniel was like, Lord, I didn't do anything wrong. It was my mom and dad's fault that I'm here. Right? Narrow. But he also had the revelation because of knowing who he was with God. He pillowed his head at night with ease. Blessed be the Lord God Almighty. Why? Because he knew he had him. Listen at their attitude. Even if you throw me in the fire, the God I serve, you know the one that gave you that dream, he will deliver me. Are you there today? Because I can tell you from experience as a pastor, most people, I'm not talking about a Daniel storm. I'm not talking about a Matthew storm. I'm talking about a speed bump in the road that just gets you a little off course. And you are tore up from the floor up. Lord, why? Just maybe, not that God put it on you, but because he knew you were... He is, the, he is the God of the breakthrough, not the breakdown, not the breakover, the breakthrough, say through. through. See, sometimes your breakthrough is on the other side of what you're going through, so don't set up camp there, go through it. Yeah. Once we're willing to make the change on the inside and embrace who we are as people of God, and then we begin to understand he wants us to trust him. With all of our heart. And don't lean on our understanding. But in all of your ways, acknowledge him. It's at that moment that Matthew 11.30 becomes a reality. For my yoke is easy. I got you, man. Do you trust me? Matthew 6. Don't worry about your life. He goes on to say, how many of you can add an hour to your life by worrying. You can't do that. You can't. No. Matter of fact, you take some time off of your life by worrying. Yeah. As a disciple, this is the thing. Change is unavoidable. Getting used to different, you're going to have to face some of these things. And the challenge with change, you know what it does? It disrupts our routine. Huh? You know, your body gets used to doing things a certain way. So the other day, I'm, I'm used to doing different exercises down in the gym, doing my thing. And so the other day, I, did try, I decided to try something different. Why y'all laughing? Because <laughs> all of a sudden, you broke routine and your body was not used to doing that thing. And all, you wake up the next morning, you're like, ow. It's not because you're old. It's because you did something different and you messed up the routine that you were used to. Some of you all, you need to change your routine. You, you know, we've had a saying for years around here that contradicts the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't break it. You know our saying around here, right? If it ain't broke, break it. Sometimes we need to change things up a little bit to disrupt our routine, to break some of those old habits. 
How many of you got old habits like if you're watching a movie for any length of time, you have to have something to snack on? <laughs> what? It's crazy, right? And, and, and <clears throat> let me tell on Tracy for a minute. <clears throat> I rarely get to tell on her about food <laughs> because she's the food police. <laughs> but we just had dinner last night, steak with bang bang shrimp salad and some asparagus. And I, I'm in the kitchen just getting something. I don't even remember what I was doing. I said, baby, you want anything? She said, yeah, let me have some cheese and crackers. I'm like, I pulled her card. I'm like, we just ate. <laughs> yeah. See, it's habit, right? We do things out of habit. When we're at the restaurant, yeah, we'll take another basket of bread because we need that. <laughs> right? Yeah. <clears throat> you know what change will do if you're willing? Change will, but now it's challenging, but change, it will force us to unlearn established behavior. Because we all have them. It's like my golf swing. I, I was telling somebody the other day, I, I was talking to Andy, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go get me some lessons. And probably the first thing they're going to do is make me unlearn junk. Because I'm terrible. Right? See, the danger with, with habits, especially ones that you've gotten used to, they deceive us into being comfortable with that situation. Old habits deceive us into getting comfortable. Comfortable. Let, let me put it like this. They, they help. I want to say help. They really force us to be more comfortable with the old problem we have instead of being uncomfortable embracing something new. Because new is the direction that God's taking you in, but, well, we, we, don't, we don't like change, do we? Huh? And, and here's the thing for both of us, I should say for all of us, both individually and corporately, as we continue to grow in our journey as a disciple, you need to be open to change. Matter of fact, you need to get used to different. In your situation, count it all joy when you find yourself in these various trials, knowing that the perfection of your faith is working something out in you. See, sometimes being the clay on the potter's wheel is not always comfortable. And I can tell you this. Every one of us, this is one of your take-homes, you got to get this today. Every one of us, we're either an initiator or a reactor. In our lives, every day, we are. We either initiate or react. The thing is, both of them produce change. I think what God is looking for today is, is some disciples that are willing, because as he begins to put ideas and thoughts, passion, different things in your heart, sometimes situations that will leave you no option on the direction you go. Daniel, he, he had very, his options were limited. Maybe you're listening to me this morning and your options are limited right now. Then settle in for a second and quit trying to make something happen and enjoy the journey and trust God. Cast all your care on him. Amen. How are we doing? Yeah? <clears throat> See, when it comes to change, you got to learn these lessons sometimes. And one of the, probably one of my favorites, is the parable of the sower. You ever read that one? 
It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. You'd think if the Lord put it in three books for us, we might ought to listen to what he's saying, right? But in that, the parable of the sower, <clears throat> he's talking about the heart of an individual, your inner man, and he talks about four different types of ground. And in, the, in, in Luke's perspective, Luke... I want to show you something today because Luke lets us know that the word of God is seed. Say seed. seed. And Jesus says repeatedly, guys, everything, say everything. Everything about the kingdom of heaven works this way. It says, as a man sows a seed. Seed. Everything in the kingdom works this way. And I'm thinking about seeds this weekend, and I'm at the store, and I'm like, you know what? I want to get some seeds. And so I went and bought some seeds. They're tiny little things. But, Kate, on every one of the packages, they don't have the seeds. They have the picture of what the seed becomes. Isn't that crazy? I mean, there's no squash in here. There's no red pepper. I mean, red, I want red peppers. <laughs> Seed. Everything about the kingdom works this way. It's as if a man sows a seed. And so one of the things I want to do today is I want to sow a seed into somebody's life because this one-year Bible, I want to give it to somebody that really wants it today. But let me tell you about it right there. Okay, honey, I got you. Thank you. Andy, would you, she's right behind you, buddy. But let me tell you about this one-year Bible. Tracy and I, our first year in Bible college, we got like a case of books. You, I don't know if they do books now. Everything's probably digital, but back then you had books. I love books. Amen. But in our package was this one-year Bible, and it has Old Testament, Psalm, Proverb, and New Testament broken down every day and it's a beautiful discipline that we read and we've done it since what babe 1995 so since 1995 we've read the bible through every year since 1995 at least once a year and that's what it does now that's not your, that's not a study tool it's a supplement for your devotion but that that's the word of god is seed y'all with me and so when Jesus began to teach on the parable of the sower, he said that your heart, remember the kingdom of heaven works this way, and the word of God is seed. So stop reading the word just from some religious obligation and begin to read the word by faith that the Lord is planting something in your soul. And he shows these four different types of soil. See, your heart is the soil. And the first one is wayside ground. Now, wayside ground, if you went back in history, that's the area where all the farm animals and all the wagons would go around the garden or whatever the crop was. That's where everybody, that's where you go take your breaks. Luke actually says this about the wayside ground. The, the, the seed was sown in wayside ground, but it was trampled underfoot. What's he saying? So many times people, they just walk right over the word of God that they just received. See, so often you'll come in here and the Holy Spirit's wanting to speak to you about something through me, but all you see is me and I said something you didn't like and you didn't hear what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell you. It just got trampled 
under your feet because you just walked right over it and, and gave no attention to it. Wayside ground. He goes on to say, wayside ground, when the seed is sown, the enemy, Satan, comes immediately to take that word. So that's one group of people that bear no fruit when it comes to the things of God. The second group is stony ground. Now, stony ground, the Bible says that they receive the word, but because they have no root. Now, stony ground, some people have tried to paint the picture that it's, just, it's, it's dirt with rocks in it. No, that's not stony ground. Kentucky can relate to stony ground. If you've ever done construction, uh, I mean, especially, I know Andy, Jack can relate to this. If you're digging a basement and you got a backhoe and you're digging and you hit, hit some rock, you'll move your bucket over a couple feet and then you still hit rock. And you'll move it up this way a couple feet and you'll still hit rock. But why? Because you're on a big old plate of limestone that's 10 feet and there's a little bit of dirt on top of it. That's stony ground. They can't get any root to establish. The slightest thing disrupts it. It says they receive the word, but because they have no root, and when persecution come, they stumble. Thorny ground is that ground that is prickly, and it, it's, it, it messes with you. Because they hear the word, but the cares of the world. Your desire for riches and other things. What is he saying? You hear the word, but the, 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 the other stuff going on is more important. Huh? A bigger paycheck, a better position, nothing wrong with any of those things. But when that takes the place of the word of God in your life, that's thorny ground. So you've got three different groups that you see that bear no fruit. So out of, let's look at it this way. Let's look at 100%. Out of 100%, you got 75% of the people that hear the word of God produce no fruit. Isn't that crazy? I wonder if that's really what Jesus meant. Well, he's not confused. And then you have this last group called good ground. They hear it. But even the good ground, Chad, even the good ground, 30, 60, only a portion put out 100%. Even of the ones that got it, See, you may be here today and you may be operating at 17.5%. I mean, but you, listen, you, you're good, you got it, but you're not walking where, say, Jack is. At a, you want to, but you're not there yet. Then stay with it. Don't quit. Meditate. Why? Because this is how the kingdom of heaven works. Everything in the kingdom, as a man sows a seed. So when you know that you have seed inside you, there is truth inside you. Father, thank you that your word is alive and working in me right now. My soul is being transformed as we speak. Holy Spirit, thank you that you are leading me and guiding me. My steps are ordered by you. And you choose to believe this. Guys, this is the only way any of this stuff works. You have to believe it. You have to believe it. So stay open to change be flexible make yourself available remember Isaiah if you're willing and obedient you'll eat the good of the land Jesus was talking to Peter about fishing Peter said Lord we fished all night I'm a professional fisherman he said nevertheless at your word and they caught you know net breaking boat sinking Huh? Overflow abundant. It changed their financial livelihood that, that year. Why? Because Jesus knew they were getting ready to leave professional fishing 
and become fishers of men. You remember following me? See, chances are his ways, guys, his ways are going to be different. They will be challenging sometimes. They will take us outside of our comfort zone. Remember Jesus' words, narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, none of those found it. Now, see, we're not questioning your salvation in this. This is your assignment. Yeah, well, I'm not into all that. Well, then maybe you should reevaluate your life because if you've given your life to Jesus, you've been bought with a price. If you've given your life to Jesus, you've been bought with a price. Huh? And there will be times that all of us, when we begin to step out into some of these things that he's leading us to, Let me take it a step further. There's going to be times when you step out and try things and, and it doesn't work. You, you ever done that? See, when you're, when you're growing in, in the thing, just like children, when, they, when they're growing, they're stepping out and trying things that may not always work. Can I give you an example of this? You see, for us as a local church, over the last year and a half, we've been, our purpose is making disciples. In our Wednesday night, our midweek service, our whole design was over the last year plus, whatever, I don't know how many months it was, but we wanted to try something different. And so we eliminated any kids' services in the back. And I know some of you didn't like that. And I heard, I mean, you didn't come tell me personally, but I heard your complaints. But I, I learned something years ago. Instead of being part of the problem, won't you be part of the uh, but anyway, nonetheless, what we found out after a year plus of trying this, we, we definitely, we launched some new ministries that are very successful, and we're going to continue those in a different aspect. But what we realized is we had some volunteers, we had some parents, we had different ones that said, Pastor, we'll, we want Wednesday night, and, we, and we'll help with kids if you'll, if you'll make something available. And so we're going to change Wednesday night again. Get used to different. Amen. Like you're changing again? Yes, again. And in another year or two, we might do it again. But our next step is this. We've already got some people that have signed up to help. And if you're here today and you would like to be part of that Wednesday night program to help advance the kingdom of heaven, to help establish the vision of Victory Life Church, to help make disciples, they come help once every you know, Wednesday uh, every six weeks or whatever. Take a couple hours out of your time and invest in some kids. Amen? That being said, all of those things that we started, the equip, the Matthew 4, prayer night, all those things, God has allowed us the opportunity to change our direction completely with these. So our first change on Wednesday nights, it's going to be called Faith Night. And we're going to be talking about all the subjects of faith. We're going, to go, we're going to talk about spiritual stuff. We're still going to pray. Our goal is to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, I wanted to call it Holy Ghost Meeting, but that's too old school Pentecostal, you know. So we, we landed on faith night because it is about faith. Our next change is the equip program that we launched on Wednesday nights that we're developing, not only developing disciples, but we're also developing ministers in that equip program. 
And so what we're doing with Equip is now we're taking Equip to Sunday mornings. Is it 9.30, John? Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the youth room, we're going to be, it's not Sunday school. I know some of you old school, like, y'all going to have Sunday school. No. But I mean, if you want to call it Sunday school, okay. You know what I'm talking about. But we're going to give more people an opportunity because what we do is we develop and, and help disciple people. One of the big things we're going to do is they're going to review the previous Sunday's messages. And there's going to be Q&A and time for you to ask questions and find out what, what, what did he mean by that? Because I, I, we've already had you all bring up, Pastor, you know in 1 Corinthians 14, you didn't really get to it, but you know that whole woman question. Huh? A couple of you laughing, a couple of you like, what? Oh, yeah. You know what Paul says, women? I can't get into that right now. <laughs> but those are things that we're going, to, we're going to do in our new, and these are starting, is it, is it March? Yeah, the first Sunday in March, we're going to start these. And then the last one is Matthew 4.23. Matthew 4.23 is strictly on the subject of healing by faith. Receiving and ministering healing. And, and the, big, the big question that we kept getting and the, and, and the response from people was, Pastor, once a month isn't enough. And so as I prayed about it, the Lord said, they're right. They, because as the kingdom of heaven is like a seed, you got to get it in you. God said, he said, I sent my word and healed you. And so Matthew 4.23 goes to Monday night and it'll be every Monday night. So we're going to have, we're going to have healing school basically every Monday night at 6.30. Now there's no child care or anything for that. It's kind of like a Bible study setting, but come. And if you want to bring your kid, bring your kid. We're not hung up on that stuff. But our job as, as, as a church is to make disciples at every level. And so we're, we're continually pressing in and asking God to give us wisdom and direction. So you should pray for us. Especially when we step out and try things new and you don't like it. Bethany, you know there are things that I don't like that I have to do as a husband. And, not, no, not, I'm not being slamming Tracy. It, ask any husband. <laughs> They're like, don't you throw me under that bus, preacher. <laughs> but there are things as a pastor, as an employee, huh? Yeah. Guys, it's in, it's in those moments that we, with humble hearts, we choose to press into following, following Jesus a little closer. That's when he asked us, just maybe, you should get used to different. Hmm? Get used to a little change in your life. Because it all comes down to attitude, you know. You've heard me say it so many times, a little difference in people. That little difference makes all the difference. A little difference? attitude Thomas Jefferson said nothing can stop the man with the right attitude and nothing can help the man with the wrong I think he's right see part of that narrow road as a disciple it's living with that willing flexible attitude 
And with some of these changes that we're making as a local church, that's all we're asking of you. Stay flexible. Don't get so bent out of shape all the time. Winston Churchill said this, to improve is to change. Stay open to change. You see, for a believer, for a disciple, Psalm 37 should be one of the key realities in your life. The steps of a godly man are directed by the Lord. And so this is our prayer. This is what we're asking of all of you as part of our family. Get used to different. Don't get mad at different. Don't get frustrated when it doesn't go your way. We didn't like your idea. Maybe we didn't like it now. But six months from now, it might be the perfect idea. But so often, we, we bring all of our stuff to the table with our emotions attached to it. Don't we? Oh, y'all don't do that? Man, y'all should start a church. <laughs> you got it together. Yeah. To improve is to change. Now, I've got a little bit more that I want to talk about this. Y'all okay if we have one more Sunday on this? I, Paula laughed at me because I said this is a one-timer. I said the, the last one was a five-week series. I said it's a one-timer. Guys, if, if, but I'm trying to be led by the Spirit in these things. So just stay patient with us. Be flexible. You know what? It's kind of like a rubber band. A rubber band is useless unless it gets stretched. So be the rubber band today. Yeah. Stay flexible. Ask God this week, Lord, is there something in my life as a disciple? See, some of you today, you don't even consider yourself a disciple. You're just saved. I'm going to heaven. I'll go to church every now and then. Don't bother me. I'm not. But once you say yes, then I'm going to bother you. As a disciple, we need to be bothered, yeah? Be willing and obedient, amen? All of this starts with you belonging to Jesus. That's step one. It's going to be difficult for you to belong to a local body, belong to a local vision that God's doing in his body if you're not part of his body. So step one, give your life to Jesus. Even if we're not the style of church for you, that's okay. We can, we'll help you find one if you need some help with that. But you're here today. That thought, yeah, that's the Lord pulling on your heart. So make, this, make, that, make that step of faith. Give Jesus a chance in your life. We've made it so simple for you. Yeah? Just follow us along in this simple prayer. Take a step of faith and give Jesus a chance in your life. Church, let's help with this. Y'all, let's say it together. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord, heaven is my home, and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, for those of you today, if you said the prayer, if you're here, man, stop by our information desk, let somebody know. Those of you listening or watching, wherever you're at, the greatest thing in your life just happened. So you got to go tell some people. You may not know how to explain all of that, but that's what a church is for, to help you navigate those things. But step out. Try something new today. Be willing to be a blessing somewhere. You know God told Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can go be a blessing. Today, on purpose, go be a blessing to somebody. Amen. Man, we love you all. God bless.
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.